Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to and identity episode, we're going to look at six powerful spiritual laws that affect your life. These spiritual laws are powerful and true and work in both positive and negative ways to influence your life. You have the power to choose if these laws are activated in the positive or the negative. Let's look at each one. There are two main laws with corresponding laws connected to them. The two categories of laws that we're going to be talking about are beliefs and behaviors. So we will look at the relationship between all of these laws when they are activated in the positive and when they are in agreement with the will of God and in the negative when they are activated opposite to what God's will is. The first three laws that we're going to be looking at, I like to consider laws about your beliefs. Hosea 4.6 says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What he's really talking about is a lack of understanding about what God's will and intentions are, and also about a lack of knowledge about understanding how to be intimate with God. So there is three laws that we'll be talking about in this category. The first is the law of faith, and then the law of judgment and the law of honoring sort of fit underneath the category of the law of faith, and we'll see how. Do you believe in agreement with God, his will, and his character? If so, you will activate these laws forward toward faith, hope, and love. If you believe in agreement with earthly limitations and anything but God's best, you will activate these laws negatively. Okay, so let's start with the law of faith. Matthew 9.29 says, According to your faith, be it unto you. And Romans chapter 3 clearly outlines that salvation is based on faith in Jesus Christ and not on works. This means that you cannot earn your salvation by good deeds, but by simply accepting and agreeing with everything in the Word of God. Regarding this truth, Romans 3.27 says, Where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? No but by the law of faith. This means that you will think consistent with what you believe. If you get what you believe from the word of God and what Jesus has done for you, your faith is in alignment with God's will and therefore leads to blessings. But if your faith systems are anchored in the world or anything outside of the truth of God's word, your faith will activate your thoughts outside of the will of God. Maria is a member of our Spirit Life Circle. The Lord put it on Maria's heart to go to Israel with this group led by Georgian Banoff months before it was time to go. She did not have the funds to go. And yet, because the Lord planted that seed in her heart, she was unwavering in her belief that God would make a way for her to go. She knew that it was God's desire for her to be there, and her faith rose as she waited week after week for God to show her the provision for this trip. Even after she missed the registration deadline for the flight, she did not let go of this intention God put on her heart to be in Israel. 
God would give her visions of herself being there and action steps to prove her faith. And then she'd take each of those steps. With less than a week until the trip, she had packed her bag, still waiting for God to show up in some way for her provision. Four days before she would fly, the Lord revealed his provision. Maria did go to Israel, and her life was completely transformed. This blessing was not just meant for her, but for all those watching to see how God would show up. According to her faith, God blessed her with his best. She was simply believing and behaving in agreement with that promise that God, the promise keeper, willed for her. She knew he would provide for it. Of course, the same intention from God could have had a completely different ending. Had Maria fixed her eyes only on her bank account and on the limitations of this world, and not on the intention of the Lord to bless her or his will for her to go, her lack of faith would have robbed her from that blessing. If you believe God can't do something, he won't do something. But don't misunderstand this. He still can do it, but because you believed he wouldn't or couldn't, he won't. God loves to be believed for who he is and what he promises. And he's simply not motivated to do things for you that you do not believe for. Your expectation for negative outcomes welcomes negative outcomes. That's the point of this law. Prepare the soil of your heart and mind. Proverbs 4.23 Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. You prepare the soil of your heart and mind by allowing the Lord to access your heart in order to transform you into your ideal Christ identity. This comes with time spent with Him in the Word, in prayer, and allowing Him to speak truth into your heart and heal you of all that hinders. Trials and challenges of this life cause you to fix your eyes on Jesus, and that tills the soil of your heart and makes it more open and ready to receive God's best blessings. The more you see Jesus, the more you're able to properly receive the seed and allow it to flourish. Our second law is called the law of judgment. In the way you judge, you will be judged. Matthew 7, 1. The Lord, of course, is the ultimate judge, and his word is our guide. The proper way to judge is to test all messages and spirits against the word. Matthew 7, 1 and 2 says, Do not judge and criticize and condemn others unfairly with an attitude of self-righteous superiority as though assuming the office of a judge, so that you will not be judged unfairly. For just as you hypocritically judge others when you are sinful and unrepentant, so you will be judged, and in accordance with your standard of measure used to pass out judgment, judgment will be measured to you. This is not a prohibition of judgment, nor it is a command to stop using godly wisdom, common sense, and moral courage, together with God's written word to discern right and wrong. 
to distinguish between morality and immorality, and to judge doctrinal truth. When things are wrong in the world, we need to stand up against them, but it must be done under the covering of humility in the Lord. John 7.24 warns us, Do not judge by appearance superficially and arrogantly, but judge fairly and righteously. In order to judge fair and righteously, you must be tuned to the Father's will. He looks at the heart and not at the externals or even just straight behaviors. So you want to remove the weeds of sin and unbelief in your life so that you may judge according to God's will and not your own from a selfish standpoint. Because remember, the law says that if you believe and judge people in a certain way, that's the measure that will be used against you. So you want to be very careful about that. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be any of you a wicked, unbelieving heart, which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God. Every Christian life is full of tests. Challenges of life such as tragedy, busyness, sickness, anxieties are all tests to see if you believe God for His promises or if you allow these factors to rob you of your fruit-bearing destiny. Stay diligent, especially in the waiting seasons. 1 John 4, 1-3 Beloved, do not believe every spirit speaking through a self-proclaimed prophet. Instead, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets and teachers have gone out into the world. By this you know and recognize the Spirit of God, Every spirit that acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus Christ has actually come in the flesh as a man is from God. God is its source. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus, acknowledging that he has come in the flesh, but would deny any of the Son's true nature, is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. So here we're asking to be wary of the wisdom, because when you believe according to God, then the laws of his blessing are in play. But when you agree with the spirits that do not agree with God, then you're inviting other problems into your life. Our third law in our law about belief category is called the law of honoring, loving, and respecting. Not all people are lovable, but the Lord loves all people. So watch your heart for what you believe about people. If you are not ultimately loving people or showing God's omnibenevolence, you are not reflecting God properly. 1 Peter 2, 17 says, Show respect for all people. Treat them honorably. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God honor the king. The recently released movie, Jesus Revolution, displayed this law so beautifully. The church people in that day expected believers to look a certain way, and when a generation was seeking God and looked differently than what people expected, they did not feel welcome. It was only when this truth was pointed out to Pastor Chuck Smith that he chose to activate the law of honoring, loving, and respecting and welcomed the Lord to show up. 
Again, if you obey the laws of God in the direction of his will, you are aligning yourself with God and his heart. If you are reflecting God in a way that does not communicate love, honor, and respect, you invite dishonor, disrespect, and selfishness to make room in your heart. We already know from the previous law of judgment that all negativity comes back to you. This is the root of negative people group isms. Matthew 22, 37-40 says, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important and first on any list. But there is a second set to go along with it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hangs from them. We can see in our culture and in this day and age that a majority of Christian people and denominations do not lead with this law of love. Instead, they do lead more with judgment, which, by the way, has a cause and effect that causes many people to feel unwelcome in churches and unloved, which attaches those feelings to God himself. We want to make sure that we respect God enough to love and honor people as a way to reflect him in our culture of influence. Let's move on now to our three laws of action. The law of sowing and reaping, the law of multiplication, and the law of delay. Do you behave in agreement with biblical principles, God's heavenly plans for you? If so, you will activate these laws for your blessings. But if you behave in agreement with worldly limitations, you activate these laws negatively. Your choices affect the outcomes of how these laws manifest. The law of sowing and reaping is really the basic one here because the other two sort of tuck under and fit with. They're additional laws that cooperate or are a result of the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing or reaping is activated either in the positive or the negative and is true in the natural realm and in the spiritual one. We know that in the natural realm, the type of seed that is planted in the ground is the kind of plant you will receive. You do not plant an apple seed and get an orange tree. The same is true in the spiritual realm. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others and ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. Like all spiritual laws, this principle works both positively and negatively. The one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward, Proverbs 11, 118b. But whoever sows injustice reaps calamity, Proverbs 22, 8a. One of the most interesting things I learned about the law of sowing and reaping is that everything is a seed. We are not just talking about money here. What you sow, you reap. 
Seeds can be looked at as time, treasures, and talents. At the core, it's all about your heart motivation. It is the heart motivation and not actually the activity for which the spiritual law operates. Giving 10% with a stingy heart returns only in stinginess and lack. Giving 10% with a pure heart can return 10, 20, 30, 100% more because God has moved to multiply it in your heart. We'll talk about that one in the Law of Multiplication in a minute. But time you spend with God credits you for favor here and in heaven. Holy habits of abiding, like worship, praise, prayer, face-to-face encounters, are seeds sown in the fertile ground of a tender heart and reaps God's favor. The way you spend your time reveals your treasures. What is the most important things to you? Do you use your talents to serve God or yourself? And you don't have to be in a formal ministry working in a church to serve God with your talents. Reflecting his love, doing whatever you do day by day is sowing blessings in fertile ground. You reap the kind of seed that you sow. So, for example, those who plant apple seeds should expect to harvest apples. In the same way, those who sow anger should expect to receive the fruits of anger. Galatians 6.8 says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Living a life of carnality and sin and expecting to inherit heaven is akin to planting burrs and waiting for roses. Everything is a seed. Every word you speak, every action you take is a seed. It either has the capacity to grow into a healthy, fruit-bearing plant, or it's a weed and can take over the garden of your heart. Discern God's specific assignment for each seed. Galatians 6, 8 and 9 says, For the one who sows his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, His disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh, ruin, and destruction. But the one who sows in the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. You realize that you can choose to do or say things that God directs you to do or say, and in this way you cooperate with God's plans and you will plant your time, treasure, and talents according to God's will. This brings great power and causes the seed to root itself in good soil. Our next law is connected to the law of sowing and reaping, and it's called the law of multiplication. They sow to the wind and reap a whirlwind, Hosea 8-7. You always reap more than you sow. You reap proportionately to what you sow. The rule is that the more seed planted, the more fruit is harvested. The Bible applies this law to your giving. Those who sow generously will be blessed more than those who don't. See 2 Corinthians 9, 6. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. This principle is not concerned so much about the amount of the gift, but the spirit in which it was given. God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart it is a gift. And even the widow's mites are noticed by the Lord. See Luke 21, 2 and 3. You will reap more than what you sow. So in this way, the law of multiplication is connected to the law of sowing and reaping. Jesus spoke of the seed that brought forth a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what is sown in Matthew 13, 8. One grain of wheat produces a whole head of grain. And in the same way, one little fib can produce an out-of-control frenzy of falsehoods, fallacies, and fictions. Sow the wind and reap the whirlwind, Hosea 8, 7. Positively speaking, one random kind act can result in a blessing that lasts a lifetime. Believe God to multiply the seed when you have a pure heart of generosity. 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11 says, Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing, that is, your resources, and increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous, and this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God from those who benefit. To believe God means to have faith that He is who He says He is, and that if He promises to multiply, He will multiply. It gives God great pleasure when you believe him for his promises, and he delights to reward that kind of faith. He also delights in the pure heart of generosity. Giving freely returns blessings multiplied. Giving stingily cancels out the blessing. Harvest triumphantly hearing and obeying God's voice. Mark 4.20 And those in the last days are the ones whom seed was sown in the good soil, and they hear the word of God and good news regarding the way of salvation, and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 times as much as what was sown. The harvest is for the faithful ones who continually abide in Christ and follow his guidance, the seed planting, growing, and harvesting season. If you begin with the proper soil— and take proper care of your heart and the seed, you will reach multiplied blessings of the harvest. And our final spiritual law is the law of delay. Do not be deceived. Give the law of harvest time to work. Galatians 6, 7. There is a delay between the sowing and reaping, and it's a tempting thing to believe that there will be no reaping what was sown, but don't give up. So it really is sowing, waiting, and reaping. Nothing good grows overnight. 
The farmer must be patient in order to see the fruit of his labors. When the Bible likens the ministry to planting, watering, and reaping, it suggests a length of time God will bring forth his glory and in time. Until then, we faithfully labor in his field, Matthew 9, 39, knowing that the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, Galatians 6, 9. Now, what that tells us is that if you sowed every day, you would be reaping every day because there would always be some seed in a different stage of growth, right? So to cooperate with the law of delay, you simply need to sow every day and make sure that your heart is a fertile soil so that any seeds that are planted in the agreement of the Lord and according to God's will and his purposes are constantly growing in different seasons, and you will receive harvests uh, knowing that that's true. Wait expectantly for the seeds to grow while listening for ongoing instructions. Mark 4, 26 to 29 says, The kingdom of God is like a man who throws the seed on the ground, and he goes to bed at night and gets up every morning, and in the meantime, the seed sprouts and grows. How it does this, he's not sure. But the earth produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head of grain, then the mature grain of the head. But when the crop ripens, he immediately puts in the sickle to reap it, because the time for the harvest has come. God's timing is always perfect. And as you wait on the Lord, allow faith to rise in the promise. Continue to abide in Christ and follow any additional instructions he gives you. And allow the time for the seed to germinate and begin to grow according to God's will and purpose for it. Here's what the Lord had to say about these laws. He said, So generously and expectantly, believe me for the harvest. Tithe faithfully with a generous heart. Be patient as you wait on my promises. Step out in faith when I ask you to do something scary even if it doesn't make sense to you at the time. Stay in the word. Prioritize time with me. Ask, seek, and knock for wisdom to sow the seeds consistently and wait for the promises to come to pass. Remember, my laws are absolute. So guard your heart in my direction, not for yourself. Wrap your seeds in faith and watch what I do as you cooperate with me for your blessings. Like all seeds, they contain the complete genetic code needed to become exactly what I designed them to be. In their initial form, it doesn't look like much, and it certainly does not look like its potential. Seeds like an embryo all have the divine potential for whatever I have planned for them. Jeremiah 29, 11-13 reminds us that God has a plan for all of us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The conditions need to be right for you to be ready for that future. For some, the conditions are hitting rock bottom in a life of progressive habitual sin. 
For others, it's realizing that there is something better for them than a boring humdrum existence. Some cry out to the Lord in the midst of tragic life circumstances, and others gradually make ready by the prayers of loved ones and steady deposits of the Word's messages of hope. Regardless of circumstantial differences, the softening of the hard shell of your heart needs to occur. You must begin to agree with me. Align your thoughts and your actions with mine. We must admit that we need God, and we must accept his free gift. It requires a death of self to soften and break open the hard shell of your heart. Jesus tells us in John 12, 24, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So we must die to ourselves to find the joy of our salvation. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After playing with the Lord in your special place for a little while, have the Lord show you your heart, show you at least one of these spiritual laws and how you are either living this law for or against God. What step can you take to align yourself and activate the spiritual laws in favor of God's very best for you? Allow him to show you in whatever creative way he would like. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. Well, I hope the Lord was able to give you some insight about how you may be unintentionally inviting negativity into your life if you are not focusing on Him. And I also hope He gave you some insight about ways you can ensure that you are sowing in the fertile ground of God's will in your heart so that He may begin to abundantly bless you more than you ever ask or imagine. Would you like to know how to go deeper with God? I want you to prayerfully consider attending the Deeper Spirit Life Workshop 
May 12th to 14th, 2023, on the shores of Lake Erie, near Cleveland, Ohio. God's glory has the power to transform you in an instant. What could God do with you and through you if you learn how to quiet yourself and gaze long enough for God's glory to transform you? Gazing is a long look, while glancing is a short one. When you gaze at Jesus, he gazes back, and his glory flows where his eyes are fixed. In God's glory, there is peace, healing, and clarity of purpose and direction. Learn how to stay in God's presence long enough for him to transform you into the Christ you that he died for you to become, your Christ's perfected identity. You can expect expertly facilitated Jesus encounters and plenty of time to connect with God in this workshop. For more information and to register, check out spiritlifeworkshops.com. We hope to see you there. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.